a very warm welcome back to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. This week, we are talking about having healthy boundaries, truly trusting yourself, setting intention, understanding resistance and meditation, wellness and energy work. So everything that I know that you guys enjoy chatting about and hearing about. And my guest is Heather Ivany and she is a beautiful soul, an amazing yoga teacher. She's an Akashic Records reader. She's a wellness expert. And I know that you're going to love everything that she shares with us today. And before we get into that, I want to tell you about something super, super exciting. I have set up a brand new business. So a second business and it's called Soul Purpose Business. And it's about helping you to really grow successfully your soul purpose business. So this is for women who love wellness. And if this sounds like you and you already have either the idea of a business or you're in the early stages or you're very, very well established in business, but you want to step a little bit further into goal setting, into really taking your business to the next level and understanding more about how to build yourself as a brand. This is a 10 week course, a live course course via Zoom. It starts in May called Be Your Own Brand. And during this time, I talk you through exactly how to really grow your social media, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, podcasts. I talk about how you can really delve into getting marketing, whether it be in mainstream media, whether it be word of mouth. I help you use lots of wellness techniques to help you build a business where it's not that old school way of long working hours, lots of stress, working in a high rise building, wearing a suit and heels, actually knowing that you can make amazing money, but you can travel the world, you can work from home, you can really help and serve people in an amazing, honest and fulfilling and conscious way. And you can do that really from your soul and from your heart. So my course will guide you exactly how to do that. I'll be there with you every step of the way. And you will also be very clear by the end of the course of exactly where you want your business to go, exactly how to build yourself as a really credible brand. And if you're already a very well-known brand, how to really take that to the next level financially, from an abundance point of view, from a lifestyle point of view as well. So if you go to faceyogaexpert.com slash sole purpose business, all the information is on there. The course starts in May. As I say, it's a live course. You can catch up on the recordings if you don't think you can make all of the 10 sessions, or even if you think you can't make any of them, but you do want to do the course weekly, you can still sign up and get sent them. So I hope that you will want to join me on this brand new venture in helping you to build your sole purpose business. So let's get into this week's episode with the amazing Heather. Heather, a warm welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well now that I'm talking to you, Danielle. How about you? Really well, thank you. And I'm so excited to chat to you about everything yoga, wellness, and 
all the other wonderful, wonderful things that you do, because I know that you work a lot with healing and with deep inner health and well-being. So I just know my audience are going to be super excited to hear all your tips today. Yeah, I'm still I'm really flattered that that you brought me onto the show. And, and these are all little sparks of um, excitement when I get to talk about them. So I'm looking forward to this. Amazing. And I'd love to start right at the beginning and just to know a little bit about your journey. How did you start doing what you do today? Yeah, so the the program that I that I'm most I guess would be my signature program is the Unlocking You. And, the, and that's a program that is sort of cultivated from the last 25 years of being both a practitioner and a teacher in the realm of yoga, spirituality, and uh, philosophy. So that is a combination of a lot of trial and error, as well as ancient wisdom teachings that yoga offers. And I'm also a mom of three kids with a husband that works out of town. So from the very beginning, I've had to sort of work through how is my self-care able to be a number one non-negotiable priority for me. And at the same time, not feel like I'm neglecting my children and, and the things that need to get done in a day. So that that's an accumulation of, of 25 years of, of a lot of fails and a lot of wins and, and just seeing how they can all mesh together into one succinct four month program for people. I love that. And I completely hear you about finding that balance and that that mm-hmm. self-care. Absolutely. And have you always been very into yoga and spirituality and wellness from a young age? Or was it something that you discovered as you got into adulthood? The, the spiritual side presented itself to me as a kid in the form of um, just going to church with, with my family. But there was always pieces of it that felt fragmented and not quite whole. And it wasn't until I did my yoga teacher training at, how old was I, maybe early 20s. So I had dabbled with meditation and I had self-taught myself yoga. And then I remember taking my yoga teacher training and as we started to go into the content of what the training would entail, I remember sitting there and just being very pleasantly surprised, not knowing that so many different things that I had already done in my life actually fell into the content of what we were going to be talking about in the training. So unbeknown to me, yes, I've had like different sparks of of yoga teachings throughout my life, but it didn't come together till the teacher training itself. Amazing. And like you said earlier, one of the big things that you do is your Unlocking You program. And I was delving into that myself today, just looking a little bit more about what you teach. And what I'd love to do today is just break down the five key areas that you talk about in that program. So the intention, the resistance, the boundaries, the meditation and the trust, because I think all of those areas are absolutely key, like you say, to unlock you to really understand our true self. So perhaps if we start with intention, if you were to share with us some tips some techniques, some ideas in terms of how we can really set intentions for our daily life, what would they be? Yeah, so intention really leans into the foundation of like, where do you want to go? Where are you setting your GPS signal? And where do you want to go? And how do you want to get there? So that's why intention for me is always the baseline of where I start from. We need to know what we want, and we need to be comfortable 
in saying out loud what it is that we want and setting ourselves up to, to walking towards what we want. And for a lot of people, when I start, like I enter, I invite them into what I call a clarity call just to see if what I have to offer is a good fit for them. And if not, then I, I refer them somewhere else. And what I find is, is very fascinating to witness is so many of us in adult form don't give ourselves permission to acknowledge what it is that we want. We're afraid to, to even imagine what we want for ourselves, let alone take the steps forward in leaning and working towards it. And I think this just comes from, you know, in our childhood, when if we have this relationship with Santa Claus where we ask for something at Christmas time and we don't get what we want. And it starts with something as simple and, and almost innocent as that. And then it, if it continues to repeat that pattern in our childhood, by the time we get to adulthood, it's like, well, why bother? Why bother even imagining what I want for myself? Because I'm not going to get what I want. And so that's that's the first piece is like, can you allow yourself to imagine and dream what you want for yourself? And if so, how do we form that into a succinct present moment statement so that your creation can collaborate with the universe and the two of you can start to co-create together? So the tips that I would have for initiating and forming your intention is, number one, allow yourself to just get quiet. And, you know, when we think of what we want, usually it's, it's, it's a paragraph or a bunch of different points that we come up with. But can we distill it down into one word? That, that umbrellas all the things that, that we want. So for some people, it's, it's, it's I am safe or I am abundant or I am supported or I am love or I am accepting. You know, these, these one word statements that kind of encapsulate what it is that we want for ourselves above all else. And when we start to play with this, this statement, the I is the individual self. So that's you. And the M is the creative life force, the, the energy of Shakti. And the statement is, is what the two of you are forming together. And when it's in present moment, present moment is the only place where, where life exists. The past has already happened and the future hasn't been birthed yet. So it's the most potent and powerful place of energy. So when you're forming your intention, form it in a present moment, I am statement. And allow the, the words after the, the, the M to be one or two words. I, I usually try and just get it down to one word when I work with people. And then from there, the easiest way to start working with your intention is there's this beautiful cusp just before, it's called tetra space. It's, it's just before we wake in the morning and just as we're falling asleep at night. And it's, it's where we're not quite awake and we're not quite asleep and it's where the subconscious mind is most soft it's it's almost like think of it like the the soil is most fertile to plant the seed of your intention so i i allow myself to wake just about five minutes before my actual time that i need to get going and i close my eyes and i don't fall back asleep but i fall back into that sort of hum space or that gentle cat purr space and I get really soft and quiet and I internally repeat my intention three times to myself. And in doing so to the best of my ability, I try and embody it throughout my system. 
so that almost like my whole body feels the vibration of that intention and not just repeating it in my head. And three is just a very sacred number. It's a very powerful number. It's throughout all religious texts and sacred geometry. So when you repeat something three times, it has a little bit more oomph to it. And then the same thing is true when you when you go to sleep at night is just when you can catch yourself as you're starting to fall asleep and get into that lull space, you again, repeat your intention three times. And that just starts to bookend your day with um, allowing yourself to, to know the direction of where you want to be going. I love that. That's so beautifully said. And that just leads us on so nicely to another area which you talk about so much, which is resistance and using resistance more as your ally and not so much as your enemy. Can you talk us through that a little bit? Yeah, so this is a, a big key component because anytime we're trying to, you know, create shift or create change, there's going to be some form of resistance. So the intention piece is first because your intention needs to be bigger than your resistance. And that's a key point for a lot of people. If your intention is you, you want to eat better because you're getting older and you know that, you know, you got to be a little bit more health conscious. That intention is kind of in, in some really unstable, what I would call kind of sandy, sandy earth. So that when your resistance comes in and says, oh man, you know what? You're in a rush it's late, you're tired, you just want to move on to your relaxing portion of the evening, go ahead and have the quick fix for dinner rather than taking the time to, to prep a meal. The resistance is bigger than the intention, so the intention ends up falling away. So this is why the intention piece needs to be powerful and it needs to be formulated from a place of, of, of a deep desire, not just like a wishful thinking. And resistance, when it comes in, what I love about um, resistance as, as your ally is that Initially, the resistance is just going to try and throw you off from creating consistency. So how it usually most often shows up for us is I'm too tired. I don't have enough time. There's other things in my day that are more of a priority than doing this. Certain little conversations like that that we have with ourselves that starts to thwart us from creating the consistency. So the intention isn't really big at this time because it knows, or sorry, the resistance isn't really big at this time because it knows that, yeah, you might be in, you might be out. You're still trying to figure it out. But once you get firm with the consistency of your routine for, for change, then resistance is going to get a little bit bigger. And what's interesting here is that for most of us, when a resistance starts to go from from this little chat of like, yeah, maybe you'll do it, maybe you won't, into, oh, you think you can make change? Or you think you're worthy of being in connection with consciousness? You think meditation is going to work for you? These little ways that we can self-loathe and self-sabotage ourselves. What's interesting is for most of us, this is the time when we quit, when we convince ourselves that I'm just not good at this, this isn't for me, I want this, but I don't think I'm ready for it. The reality is, is that the degree to which your resistance is presenting itself on the other end of the spectrum is the degree to which the transformation is available to you. And what I mean by this is that when I start to feel this momentum of resistance building inside of me, the old paradigm, Heather, used to be like, oh, here it comes. I'm not going to be able to do it. Whereas the new paradigm me looks at that and says, oh, 
what is the opportunity that's being presented here of how change is just around the corner? And can I somehow point my, my lighthouse lens in that direction and start to walk towards it? That's amazing. And so, again, beautifully explained. And I'd love to talk a little bit about boundaries and particularly healthy boundaries to help protect ourselves, because, of course, that links so well to what we've just talked about with resistance and intention, because without boundaries, both of those things become really quite tricky. So can you talk us through a little bit about that? Yeah, so how I work with boundaries, I work with them in three in three ways. You have boundaries with yourself and you have boundaries with other people and you have boundaries with consciousness. And some people come in and, and they've never even considered boundaries before. So we're starting right at, at square one, but some people have boundaries in some areas and they don't have boundaries in others. So the, the big part is, is that the reason why most of us resist boundaries is because we don't like the friction that potentially is created when we set a boundary. We like to people please, we like to be liked, and we're taught in society that these are good virtues to have. So when we choose to consciously set boundaries, the key piece to, to appreciate is that when we set a boundary from a place that serves the highest and greatest good of all, not just myself, but of all, then even though the situation at hand might create some tension, what's being offered in that moment is the, the gift to the person that's, I'm going to talk about relationship boundaries, the gift to the person across from us to see and witness you set a boundary and they have this takeaway of giving themselves permission to also set boundaries with others especially when it's done in a way where both parties feel relieved and comfortable and, and at peace. Now, this doesn't always happen. But for example, small, small way that, that this comes through, oftentimes if I'm feeling, let's say I've set a plan with someone to meet up at night, and what I really need is some space at the end of the day. It's just been a bit of a long week, and I'm not really up for meeting that person that night but I want to people please. So I want to go to the thing that I committed to and I don't like to go back on my word. Okay. Fair enough. In the moment, if I want to really honor what it is that I need in that moment, and I choose to talk to the person on the phone from a place of authenticity. So I'm not making an excuse. I'm not um, telling a lie. I'm authentically saying, look, this is the week that I've had. I'm not feeling up for it. Can we please reschedule? I, I really apologize that this is last minute, okay? The person across might be irritated because it's, it's done too short of time. Now they can't make other plans and they're irritated by it. So that might not end super well, but that person does have a ripple effect as, this, as the connection disconnects, that as they go through the next few days, there's a vibrational frequency that's like, I have never even considered saying no to someone because I was exhausted or tired. I always put the other person before me. And isn't it, even though I'm still kind of angry that that person canceled, I'm really impressed that they were courageous enough to actually break that off with me, right? Then for me, the person who is working with boundaries, my note to self is to be a little bit more, more proactive next time in knowing where my energy is going to be. And if I know that I have too much on my plate on Monday, 
I'm going for like the whole week, then I'm going to make my adjustments on Monday and not Thursday night when I'm supposed to meet with someone. Yeah. Does that feel okay? That, that, that feels so good. And I'd love to talk a little bit more about the role of energy work and meditation in all of this as well, because to me, it's absolutely key. And I know it's something which is a really important part of your life as well. Well, the meditation piece that, that comes in is all of the, the topics that I've talked about is it's required that we get to know ourselves a little bit in order to be able to discern what is the best choice or option for me in this moment. And so what meditation does is it offers us opportunity to create relationship with ourselves, to get to know a little bit more. Am I being honest with how much time I'm giving to other people, how much energy I'm giving to people and, and how depleted and exhausted I feel? Am I being honest with maybe there's certain relationships that, that have just run their course that, that maybe need to fall away a little bit? When I meditate, I'm looking also at um, what is the internal dialogue that I have with myself? So this also relates back to boundaries. How do I, how do I speak to myself? What is the words that I can hear going on in meditation that actually is the reason why I don't like to meditate? I don't actually like to hear those voices inside of my head. And so this also pings back to resistance. So you can start to see how this creates a bit of a cobweb. If the voice in my head is, is negative, and it's, it's a story that I've heard myself repeat many times before, then resistance in that form, I'm going to treat it almost like a toddler, and I'm going to distract it by taking my attention in another direction, and maybe focusing on the breath or focusing on a sunset, and just feeling the appreciation of maybe just being alive. It can be as simple as that, right? Absolutely. So, so simple. The present moment is, well, like you said earlier, the only place where we can truly feel authentically ourselves and truly feel at peace. And it's, it's the place also where the mind loves to convince us that it's never enough. So true. So true. It so really like is. Always, whenever we go present, the mind's like, no, this isn't no. enough. We got to go back. We got to go forward. We got to yes. go somewhere else. Right. All so, the time. Yeah. 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 And how do you, navigate your way through that when you're wanting to stay mindful and you're wanting to stay present how do you navigate that monkey mind that's jumping around thinking what you have to do in an hour or in a year or what you did do an hour ago or a year ago so there's a few ways one some days are five minute meditations like i'm not going to keep beating my head against the wall if, if if my mind just is insisting on being in charge. So those might be days where I'm like, you know what, I'm taking a mindfulness pause in this moment so I can catch my breath and try and find my steadiness. But I'm not going to choose at this time to try and force a deep meditation, a 20, 30, 60 minute meditation. It's just not, it's, it's like working against the wind, right? Yeah. That's a good piece. I think for a lot of people is that Five minute increments multiple times during the day creates the consistency for the length of meditation to slowly start to present itself to you. But if you're going to start off with like the, the, the insistence of like 30 to 40 minutes, it can just be too much for people. And, and if, if they are used to their minds pinging around quite a bit, it's way too long to ask the mind to try and hold presence. Um, the other piece is that I allow the, the parts of myself, they're not my favorite, but they do get to be at my table. 
So when the mind is pinging back and forth and doing the things that it does, I appreciate that this is this is what the mind is designed to do. It's it's designed to file and sort. And if I have had a day that's been back-to-back appointments or clients or whatever it is that we do during the day, and then I'm going from that chaos and I'm settling into silence and I'm irritated with the fact that the mind is still going, the mind's response to that is, this is the first time in the day that you've actually paused and I've got a desk stack 30 feet high of all the files that I haven't been able to, to, to sort and put away because you've been so busy. So now that you're quiet, I'm going to take the first 10 minutes and I'm just going to file these away so that we can have a bit of a clean slate to work with. So we need to give the mind transition from the busy into the stillness. We can't ask it to just flick a switch and go from A to B. So what I love to use for that is I love aromatic anchors of high quality essential oils. I love music. I love taking the time to to maybe set up a little bit of space for myself. So I might get a little um, blanket to put underneath me, put a pillow on top. I might light a candle. And all of this sort of setting up of ceremony is helping my body and my mind to transition from the busy into the quiet. And so we forget to, to offer transition. We have transitions before bed so that we can sleep better. We have transitions before we eat so that our food digests better. The same is true for meditation, but but we forget the transition piece and then we get irritated when the meditation won't agree with, with what it is that we're asking it to do. That idea of transition is amazing and I think so powerful. And it also just gives us a bit of reassurance that it's okay to have that moment where your mind is jumping around and is thinking about everything else. If you know that firstly, that's normal. And secondly, you need something to bridge that gap before you can get to that place of peace. And I love the idea of essential oils. I think that's a beautiful example, but of course there's so many other tools as well. So yeah, I think transition is such a key word there. Yeah. And like, even it can be as simple as like, if you have an orange in your lunch kit, like take the orange out and just, put your finger into the rind of the orange and it'll it'll release the aromatics of the orange and just smell that. And scent is one of the best ways to pop us into, into present moment. It just instantaneously hits the amygdala in the brain and it just hits the emotional centers and puts us back into present moment. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that brings us so beautifully onto the fifth area that you talk about in your course, which is trust and trusting ourselves. So maybe you could talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So this also kind of pings and and parallels the boundary piece. So, So trust is also a piece where I look at trust in self, trust in others, and trust in source. And, and everyone will have an area that they feel more comfortable in and an area that feels a little bit wobbly for them. And sometimes it's all three of them are wobbly. So if we're used to always going external to get the answers that we need, right? We, we ask our friends, we ask our families, we, we get sources from, you know, our internet sites, whatever it is. If we're used to always going external to get um, the answers as to what is it that I need to do in this situation, then leaning into trust with self is, is going to take a little bit of time. And so you're flipping that quick hit to go external and you're trying to catch it and instead pull that, that, that fishing line back in and ask it internally, like, like, what is it that I feel 
that I want for myself in this moment? And most often, if this is new, people will say, well, I don't know. And that's true. And it's not true. So the truth is, it's not going to come in instantaneously. Not always. Sometimes it does. And behind the I don't know is the knowing. And so sometimes it's just allowing yourself to, to get quiet enough to hear the knowing or to choose to simply make a choice from the internal landscape and just watch the experience play out and see how over time, the more that we start to choose internally and put them into practice, your confidence is going to build through the experience. And for, for many of us who have challenges with trusting in source, I feel this is highly connected to just our history of patriarchy and how we have for so many centuries just given ourselves over to authority and religious leaders so that now that we're, we're, our soul has, has come into this lifetime to start to notice and witness that number one, you can claim your own sovereignty in spirituality. And secondly, when you're choosing to connect with consciousness, you are not at the mercy of whatever consciousness suggests that you do. And this is the power of our free will. You get to get quiet. You get to listen and ask for wisdom and advice. And as that wisdom and advice comes in, you get to choose, do I want to follow through with this or don't I? And if you choose not to, it does not mean that you're going to fall from the graces of consciousness. It, it, it knows that you are sovereign. And so it is indifferent as to which direction you go. It's simply offering a solution to you or it's offering a suggestion to you. The other extension of that is that when you're putting this out into consciousness and consciousness pings something back at you, you can tunnel in further. You don't have to just be, oh, thank you so much for just listening to me and, and, and hearing what I had to say and giving me this one little nugget. You can go back and say, I'm confused. I'm not sure. I would like to tunnel in. Can you give me more suggestions? You can allow this to be a relationship. And this is how the trust builds, is that you allow the relationship to, to be a conversation rather than being one-sided. And I can tell you, Danielle, I've had times in my life where the communication that was coming in was so intense that I've actually just asked for a pause. Where I've said, you know what, you're you're throwing way too much at me. You're forgetting that I am actually in a human form. I do have a finite amount of energy and, and I need a pause. And I've asked for that pause and I've trusted that that doesn't mean that I can't come back into communication at a later time. I just really need to take a break and rest. That's amazing and so, so powerful. And what I would love to ask you as my final question, but really to pull everything that you've talked about together, is if you were to share with this wonderful community that listens to the Face Yoga Expert podcast, your top tip for feeling a sense of inner peace, what would it be? Um, my top tip would be getting comfortable with the uncomfortableness of quiet. Love that. And I think that's so powerful. And I think that that is something which we all need to do more. I know for me, I'm good with time by myself. And in fact, I thrive with a lot of time by myself. But I notice how much 
lately I've been filling a lot of voids. I go for a walk by myself in nature every day, but I've been listening to podcasts every day, which also Mm. is, is amazing and is soothing. And there's so many benefits to that. But it's really interesting you said that because actually today, as I did that, I thought to myself, okay, so what I'm going to do from next week is I'm going to spend maybe half of my time walking, listening to a podcast and half of the time simply in silence and maybe even feeling a bit uncomfortable with that and seeing what comes up. So that was so timely that you actually said that. That was, yeah, perfect timing. How do you navigate that? How do you find the comfort with the discomfort, particularly in those very, very quiet, silent moments? Is there any particular strategies or tools that you use or are you just stepping into it and surrendering yeah I think I think the word that you use there is is pivotal you use the word the void you know we we use a, a lot of our energy in our release work right to to let go of the things that aren't serving us and then we instantly turn to okay now how do I want to fill this this bucket up with with the things that that do serve me and that void moment it's like the the you know your yoga teacher it's the it's the it's the transitions between trikonasana pose on one side and when you go to trikonasana trikonasana pose on the other side and that that refractory moment in between like how can we stretch that out a little bit and i guess i let it be comical a little bit danielle like sometimes it's like this is really uncomfortable i had a i, had, I remember uh, a personal experience where I had about a good 12 months of just being in the unknown. I had let go of something, but I did not know what I was trying to bring in. And it was 12 months where I had to sit in this unknown space and just not know what the next step was. And my addiction to expectation of time was the biggest thing that I had to work with there. I had a timeline of when I expected this to be over and I could move on to something. And it was far longer than what my expectation of time was. And that's what made it more and more uncomfortable because then we start convincing ourselves that there's something wrong. So the tip is practice, I think, number one, like, like allowing yourself to just tiptoe into it. Give yourself two minutes of that quiet space and then give yourself three minutes and and let it be comical because this is not meant to be so stoic and so serious. We're not we're not meant to take ourselves as seriously as we do. I love that and finding that comedy. And I think when you can find that comedy in it, that often comes from a from a soul level. I feel like our soul is in that place of of peace. But I don't know about you, but I often feel for me that my soul has such a good sense of humor as well. So often when my mind and my physical body are racing around and getting stressed about things, you know, my soul can sort of go, okay, Tanya, that's that's quite funny, you know, that you're doing that. And I can actually see that humor when I really step into that and I know also for me when I'm really struggling with finding those pauses sometimes I start really simply so even less than a few minutes by actually just finding that pause at the end of an exhalation which sometimes can be one second or two seconds but again there's just that little moment that little pause there which can be so powerful oh that's genius yeah I'm glad you you brought that into the spotlight yeah that's a that's a a pivotal moment in time for sure. And it's always available. Every, every breath you can, yeah. you can try and find that. Yeah. It's, it does become, you're right. Like our souls can be 
really comical and it can just be ridiculous too especially when you start <laughs> leaning into like resistance you're like are you kidding me I just saw you five minutes ago and you're back like this is yeah. the 20th time today this yeah. is absolutely and it just gets ridiculous and comical and and sometimes it's it's like grief and tears at like oh my goodness I did not realize how how embedded this was in me so yeah I find all the emotions come through to be honest yeah they do. I completely agree. Heather, yeah. thank you. Everything you've said has been so enlightening and enriching. I've enjoyed every moment of it. And I would love you to share with everyone how they can learn more about your courses and follow you on social media and find your website. Yeah, thank you. So the easiest way, if you just want to experience a little bit more with, of me with no strings attached, if you go to my website, it's um, Heather Ivany. Dot com So H-E-A-T-H-E-R-I-V as in Victor, A-N-Y.com, C-O-M. And on my homepage there, I have, I think it says, take my free free course. And it's, it's a seven-day spiritual reset. So this will be just an email drip that comes in. And each day, it's, it's little tips to help to bring you from the periphery back into your center. And that's a great place to start. And then I do, twice a month, I do live meditations on... Instagram. So my handle there is just my first name again, Heather, and then underscore and Ivany. And uh, that's where you can see, yeah, a lot of different interviews and uh, live meditations are, are posted there. And then I'm also on Insight Timer. So you can find me there as well. So yeah, such a treat to, to spend some time with you today, Danielle. I really appreciate you taking some time out to, to just go out on a, on a ledge a bit and <laughs> meet a complete stranger and, and open up this dialogue. It's beautiful. Thank you so much, Heather. It's been a pleasure. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.